0: We are committed to delivering exceptional value to our clients and to the communities we serve. And now our latest episode.
1: Welcome to another episode of Wumble Perspectives, the second in our 2024 February Saturday series. As a firm, we believe our team members' unique perspectives allow us to deliver more integrated solutions, fresh perspectives, and quality advice. Each Saturday throughout the month, we're broadcasting interviews with some of our attorneys featuring stories about their careers and told in their own words, illustrating just how our firm offers a point of view like no other. Today, we're speaking with Britt Biles from our D.C. office. Britt, thank you for joining us today. I guess we can start out with a relatively easy question. When did you know you wanted to be a lawyer?
2: Um, I think probably sometime in high school. I mean, certainly by the time I went to college, I was very much focused on being pre-law. Like I knew that the entire time I was at UNC that I was planning to go to law school. So I I would say probably somewhere along the the AP U.S. history path, just having an interest in government and politics um, and thinking that that would be a good use of the things that were of interest to me and that I seem to be good at writing, speaking, um, things of that nature. So I think it was, it was probably somewhere along the the high school path, probably AP U.S. history. But certainly by the time I went to, to college, I was committed to pre-law.
1: You mentioned the AP U.S. history course in high school. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you ended up working in-house for a number of federal agencies versus starting off at a firm or a corporate in-house office?
2: Well, when I was graduating from Duke, I I did a federal clerkship on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. When I was leaving that clerkship, I was thinking about where I wanted to to go next, and and D.C. was attractive because it had that opportunity um, for government service available. Um, I did go to a law firm for a number of years and was in private practice as a litigator, but having the access to the the federal government and the opportunity to, to take advantage of the revolving door was what drew me to D.C. as opposed to New York or Atlanta or, or somewhere else. Um, so I always admired and had an interest in the career paths of people who were more senior to me, who who would leave firms and, and go work in government for, for stints and do different things. So that was something that I was always interested in doing. Um, and then I had an opportunity to go uh, be in the trial unit, the Securities Exchange Commission, Um, when I was about eight years out of law school, I knew a number of people who worked in that unit who had practiced with me before, and it was a great opportunity to use the litigation skills I had been building in my career in private practice in a government agency, um, After that, I I went back to private practice and was intending to stay for a while um, in private practice, but then an opportunity arose to to go back to the government, and so I I took that um, because being a a part of public life and serving was something that was at the core of why I wanted to be a lawyer, so having um, the opportunity to do that was important to me, and I felt like it was something that I was glad that I had an opportunity to do at the time that I did it. Um, I was in government during some very crazy times, including the COVID pandemic, but I felt like my service was contributing something useful to the world, especially in the context of the government uh, relief programs, uh, the CARES Act, and and the Paycheck Protection Program, and and the IDLE loans I was involved with when I was at SBA.
1: And that segues perfectly into the next question. You were general counsel of the SBA during the pandemic, as you mentioned. Can you tell us a little bit about the challenges you faced and how you and your team overcame those immense challenges of administering the PPP loans and all that was going on during the pandemic, both from a legal standpoint and a logistical standpoint?
2: Um, it was it was all-encompassing. So um, I had been involved with, with CARES Act and PPP and Idle Issues, um, when I was in the Office of White House Counsel covering Treasury and other financial agencies. So it was in that role when the legislation first um, was coming down the pike. Uh, then once it was passed and large, humongous sums of money had been dedicated to the CARES Act and have been put in the hands of the Small Business Administration, I was asked to go be the general counsel to help build out that program because SBA was facing a challenge unlike any that it had ever seen and probably unlike any, any federal agency had ever seen. Uh, They were making 14 years worth of loans in 14 days. And it was like the most work they had done since the agency's inception. It it was a very extreme time in terms of the amount of work that they were doing. And they were also facing lots of risks that they hadn't faced as an agency before. Um, Litigation, Lots of heightened congressional oversight, lots of heightened, um, engagement by their inspector general, as well as other agencies, inspectors general involved in overseeing the, the CARES Act funds and interfacing in, in a, what was essentially a public private partnership with, with lenders. Um, so we were, we were catering to lots of different stakeholders, um, not including most of all the, the small businesses and the employees who were benefiting from the government funding through the Paycheck Protection Program and the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. So it was it was lots of work coming from lots of different directions all at the same time. So uh, we were doing things that had never been done before, while and we were essentially building the airplane while we were flying it. We were implementing the program and operationalizing it at the same time. So that came with with challenges uh that came with uh adjustments that had to be made quickly. There was lots of engagement with with banks there was lots of engagement with Congress there was lots of engagement with other agencies within the executive branch on how to make this run as smoothly as possible. so it was a tremendous undertaking in the context of a global pandemic uh my entire general counsel's office was working remotely. So I was going into the office and working with the front office and the administrator, but the people who were reporting them to me were all in in different locations because of the the lockdown orders and and the different mandates that were in place at that time. So that was an additional logistical challenge to be doing a tremendous amount of work with a team that was both new to me and um in disparate locations. But the everyone pulled together and worked very hard to do the best that they could with the priority of of pushing out the loans as quickly as they po- possibly could be pushed out because the the understanding was that the money needed to go out to help workers and help small businesses survive um the pandemic until things could reopen um so it was a multifaceted undertaking Lots of pressure, very time-consuming, and at times it felt overwhelming, but then we, we quickly came to a place where we were managing and and doing what we had to do to um, make the, the funds available. And then we adjusted, as, and once the emergency sort of subsided about the funding, we started focusing on how we can make the program better, how we could police fraud and, and other things like that.
1: Now that you've had some time to look back and examine it through a little more of a historical lens, how do you feel about the job you and your team did?
2: I, I'm very proud of the work that the uh, administrator did. Javita Carranza was fantastic, as well as all the, the senior staff in the agency who were working tirelessly to to roll out the program and have it work effectively. Um, it, it was trial by fire, and everyone worked very, very hard um, for the greater purpose of, of trying to help people during the pandemic. So I'm, I will always be proud of the work that we did.
1: In terms of workplace culture, how would you compare working in a government agency to working in a law firm? Your government knowledge must be a real benefit to what you do now in private practice, but how do they compare as workplaces?
2: Um, I, I think there, there, there are differences and then there, there are things that are the same. I mean, I think across the board, uh, the places I've been fortunate to work, there has been an overarching commitment of the the employees to to do the right thing and do the best they can to succeed at, at whatever their mission is, and and being committed to to doing the best job they possibly could. I mean, it certainly in private practice, there's a commitment to excellent client service that transcends everything that we do. And I think in in government, it's the same way. It's just not client service in the same sense. It's just being committed to the mission and trying to accomplish the objectives of the agency for which the people are working. And I I was fortunate to have that experience across the board at the, the SEC, at SBA, at the White House, and in private
1: practice. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that through any of your time as a lawyer, even going back to law school, is there any one particular piece of advice that someone gave you along the way that you still look back to as a kind of North Star?
2: Um, I I would say uh, it's something that I heard repeatedly throughout my young years as a lawyer, and it was do great work and everything else will follow. And, And that's certainly true if you're a junior lawyer, but it's also true if you're a senior lawyer in any other capacity. Um, if you do high quality work that people can depend upon, um, the rest of your career will sort itself out.
1: Now, from the other point of view, what advice would you give to someone right out of law school who was looking at joining a firm like this one?
2: The advice that I always give to junior lawyers is to make themselves indispensable. That's something that I was told when I was just starting out, I think it's absolutely true. Be the person on the team. If if you're a litigator who knows all the facts, be the person on the team who knows all the case law, know the good cases, the bad cases, be able to tell the, the people above you what's important, um, because they're not always going to have time to focus on the, the same level of detail that a junior person might. So so be that Um, compendium of knowledge for them. If you become that go-to person, you will get opportunities out of that. Um, In fact, when I was a very junior lawyer, I got to go to a trial very, very early on, a very prominent six-week trial, um, and, and played a prominent role in it, largely because I was able to make myself indispensable pretty early on in the case. So I became someone who was seen as someone who needed to be on the ground at yeah. the trial, which was a great opportunity for me. So I, I, I told someone today that this very thing, like be, be the person that everybody has to rely upon um, and that will produce great opportunities for you, but it will also uh, produce the great work that I, I mentioned earlier. If you, if you immerse yourself in what you're working on, you'll, you'll do a great job. And then that will, um, We're down to your benefit with the people you're working for. And when you're a junior lawyer, that might be more senior associates or partners. When you're a senior lawyer, that's your clients or or your other partners who are either involving you in their matters or or cross selling your practices.
1: That's great advice, certainly. Now for the most serious question, I know you're a Carolina undergrad and then went to Duke Law School. Do your family and friends give you a hard time about that? And more importantly, Who do you root for during basketball season?
2: Well, I'm a native North Carolinian, so I I have connections (laughs) to all of the ACC schools, Izzy State, Wake Forest, UNC, Duke, obviously. So um, I I guess it's not as strange to me as it might seem to some. Also, for further context, when I was at Duke, uh, UNC had the largest number of students in my class aside from Duke itself. So I was not the only person to go from UNC to Duke. There were, I think, five others as well. Um, So it's not that uncommon. But when I was in law school, I was very much a committed Carolina fan to the point that (laughs) I camped out for Duke basketball tickets. I went to the the UNC Duke game when I was a 1L. I was wearing a Carolina T-shirt. I was talking to my college friends on the phone at halftime only to realize that the entire Cameron Indoor Stadium had gone quiet. Everyone was sitting down because they were about to retire Jason Williams' jersey, and so I was very rudely not paying (laughs) attention while wearing a UNC shirt. So so that was the the finest moment. Um, But in all seriousness, I I, I am and was a UNC fan. I'm also a Duke fan, and I really just root for whoever – um, the win is most important, too, at that particular time. Um, so if it's the postseason, I'm sort of ho- hoping both of them do well. If they're playing each other, um, it's usually UNC, although when it was Krzyzewski's last game, I, I was hoping Duke would fold that one out.
1: <laughs> and as our final question, what do you like to do away from the office? How do you find balance in your life and unwind when you're not at work?
2: Um, well, I have... A very active family life. Uh, I have a husband, two children, and two dogs, so they they take up a lot of of time. Um, Most of my my family's free time now really isn't entirely free because we spend a lot of time doing um, school and sports activities with my sons who are in the third grade and the fifth grade um, so we are very much immersed in book reports and science fairs and travel across at this point in our lives. Um, but we also just enjoy hanging out as a family. We we like to travel. We were able to take a, a wonderful family vacation to France uh last mm-hmm. year. Um, and so we, we we try to do things that are focused on giving our our son's a great experience and sort of helping them develop
1: into to good productive people wonderful thanks again for joining us today Britt. it's been a pleasure
0: well great thank you guys thank you for listening to womble perspectives if you want to learn more about the topics discussed in this episode please visit the show notes where you can find links to related resources mentioned today The show notes also have more information about our attorneys who provided today's insights, including ways to reach out to them. Don't forget to subscribe via your podcast player of choice so that you never miss an episode. Thank you again for listening.